1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: Well, the horn has sounded at Eastlake, and we have a, another pop-up like yesterday, a little pop-up uh, shower over the core of uh, it looks like it's from uh, oh uh, the connector and east, like from Cabbage Town over towards Eastlake uh, and so uh, through Decatur. So we're going to have a stop down again of the final round uh, just as it was getting underway here of the tour championship. We'll see how long the stop down lasts, probably an hour or so, and then we'll get back to golf here. One of the reasons I think they moved the tee times up was so that they wouldn't run the risk of having to finish in the dark. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Of course, the question remains at the table for you. One thing you know about the Falcons, one thing you don't. And if you're not a Falcons fan and you want to weigh in on the team, that's fine. Even if you're a Swampers fan, you're welcome to weigh in on the team on that question. Just identify yourself. And, you know, if you came in here and say, John, I'm a fan of the Northern Saints, uh, and I have some thoughts about your team, and this is what I see. Like, for example, when I look at the Northern Saints and I see their team, I say, well, you know, I mean, Derek Carr's obviously a pretty good quarterback. He's got a, you know, a, a, he's the best quarterback in the league at the moment, uh, in the division, rather, at the moment. Uh, and I and he is. Uh, and will he be at the end of the year, or will Desmond or Bryce or Baker step up? And we say, and you know what, those guys had such a good year that they're equivalent of Derek Carr. Uh, you know, uh, of course, one of the things I'd be concerned about the uh, – uh, well, a couple of things I'd be concerned about with the uh, – is that uh, Dennis Allen's your head coach, because he's no good. And um, – We just took Ryan Nielsen, the head coach in waiting down there, and made him our defensive coordinator because we stole Terry Fontenot from your team, and on top of that, Terry Fontenot and Ryan Nielsen, who really know the defense of the – because they kind of built it, took David Onyemata, and they took Caden Ellis off that defense and wanted them desperately because that was two core guys that they built their defense around down in the Swamp, that are now here, okay, so, I mean, but, but that that would be like a fair analysis here. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have serious weapons. Chris Olave's great, and when he gets off suspension, Alvin is going to be that guy, and, you know, Slant does his thing, and they're going to be a handful, and we got to play them twice, and it's going to be a battle. I'm not, I'm, no argument here, okay? I'm not sitting here going, oh, we got this. I man, we don't got nothing right now. That's why I asked the question at the very beginning of the show: your confidence level in an offense that is going into the year that did not score one point in preseason football—not one—they didn't get a field goal, they didn't get nothing. Okay, there's zero points produced by that first team offense of preseason. Now the head coach, who I have full faith and credit in, says we're ready to roll. We're good. Okay, I just—I want to make sure that we're good going. I don't want to be stumbling out of the gate with. You know, timing penalties and pre-snap this and, you know, missed, uh, you know, this and that. Okay, I don't want any of that, all right? I want to see us clicking in that opening game. So, one thing you do know about the Atlanta Falcons this year and one thing you don't, 404-726-0929. Now, in this hour, I'm going to add in a Braves question. This is how I go through the show, and you guests who call in, and I made a mistake earlier and said you were callers. You're not callers on my show. You're guests. Uh, when you, you know, consider yourself a guest, okay? And I'm inviting you in here, so you know, disagree, but don't be disagreeable, okay? Uh, here's the Braves question. You can uh, address the Braves question. You can address anything. I don't say, we're talking about the Braves now. You can't talk about the No, of course we can. The Braves question I have for you in the second half of the show is this. Who has to be the, the Braves star in their lineup, in their batting order, presuming that, and it now sounds like, sounds like, and I haven't seen the lineup for tonight in San Francisco, it sounds like Ozzy Albies will be back and starting when they play their opener in Colorado. That's what it sounds like from what I read. Could he be playing tonight? Yes. More like it sounds like he could be in Colorado. He's cleared to play. He's on the team. I saw him in the dugout yesterday. I'm like, put him out there. But they, they may play him tonight. So if they do, I hope they do. He's ready to go. So that's good news. But who has to be the Braves star in this lineup for them to secure the number one seed in all of baseball currently three and a half games ahead of the Orioles and five games ahead of the LA Dodgers. Now, I'm understanding that that question also could be asked, and we may ask that you know next week when we get around to talking about the Dodgers and stuff, who has to be the brace star in the pitching uh, for them? But just focusing on the lineup, who has to be the star? Because you know lately, I mean, Metals is still driving in runs, but suddenly he's just on a little bit of a home run drop, but he's still driving in runs. Austin Riley hit a couple of bangs; he's got thirty now uh ron lacuna steals uh, bases he's got 59. we've seen eddie rosario and marcelo zuna have a big impact sean murphy's starting to make better contact which is good we need ozzy back in the lineup uh, michael harris hit a home run the other day and so you know maybe putting him back down in the order would be a good thing to have him you know i i don't know i mean but who has to be the star in the braves lineup for them to secure the number one overall seed the best record in baseball 404 let's go to eddie he's on with john hey eddie welcome to the show
1: Hello, John. How are you today? Um, I'm doing good. Let me just say, good. Let me just say, first of all, that phone call previously by Tim was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, You should have hung up on him when he initially started this conversation by, well, everybody's going to know what the Falcons are doing this year. They're going to run the ball. They knew that last year, too, you idiot. They all knew that. And And that's why they they
3: loaded the box and they still ran it down people's throats. I mean, you should have hung up on him after that. And then he said
1: he roots for players, not teams. My God, give me a break with that crap. By the way, the Falcons won seven games last year and they were absolutely bereft of talent. They shouldn't have won seven games and somehow they did. And they're going to be a lot better this year. So he can just take his argument and go away. One thing we don't know, And not only John, did they
3: win seven games, hear me out just for a second, Andy. Not only did they win seven games, you know that of the ten losses, that eight of them were one-score losses?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they were right on the cusp of making the playoffs. One one win here They only there, had and two games.
3: Right. They only had two games where they lost and they got blown out in Cincinnati. And yeah. only one other game where it was more than a one-score loss.
1: Well, whatever. Go root for your players. Anyway, um, one thing we don't know, and and I blame Arthur Smith for this. We do not know if Desmond Ritter is the guy. Because as you keep calling him, uh, noodle arm quitter, was forced upon us for probably 10 games longer than he should have. Ritter should have been out there so we could see what we have. And we don't know what we have after four games and nothing in the preseason. So we don't know about Desmond Ritter. And everybody's saying, well, he's going to be the guy or he's not going to be the guy. We don't know. We've got to let him play the whole season and see what we got. The one thing I do know, John, is this is the Atlanta Falcons. And they've been kicking us in the phenoblies since 1966. This is what they do. They live to torment their fan base. So we all know how this thing's going to end up. But I have a lot more confidence in this team this year than I did last year. Thank you,
3: John. Appreciate it, Eddie. We've had some pretty good times, too. I mean, yeah, I know it hurt. But we have been to two Super Bowls. We, like I got a mouse in my pocket. Been to NFC Championship games. I think we had, for you old heads will know this, I am convinced we had a the best team in the NFL in 1980. Drew Pearson, why we couldn't cover him at Fulton County Stadium, I don't know. That ranks. that used to be the, the loss before twenty eight to three that bothered me the most. But uh okay. Four oh four seven two six oh nine two nine. We go to Frank. Hey Frank, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, how you doing, John? Um, how you doing, John? I'm doing hey, good. For um you. I, Oh, that last call kinda of stole my thunder. I mean, as far as that like, one guy talking about individual players, that, that that's more of a basketball fan. We all know that. I mean, people follow players rather than teams in basketball, but football we follow teams. And of course my team is the Patriots. So I, I won't apologize for that, but at least I'm being honest. Now one thing we do, no, do know about the Falcons yeah, one thing we do know about the Falcons is I guess on paper, well their, their defense is better. I mean you did upgrade. I mean I like the fact that you know you got a couple of one year guys we could have got some guys you know, maybe in the draft and kind of wrap them up. But, you know, they are better on defense. But one thing we don't know is, number one, like the last call said, you don't know how good Desmond Ritter is. And then number two, as far as these other guys, these young guys you do have on defense as far as whether or not they're going to step up. I mean, we don't know exactly how good they are. I wish the ones could have played more than one series because even though they did move the ball down the – Feel they had a lot of penalties, and that's the type of stuff you kind of clear up in preseason that, you know, yeah, know. I, that's going kind to help. of
3: where I'm at with that. All right, so, Frank, I'm going to be turned about as fair play. I'm going to do it for you. One thing I know mm-hmm. about the Patriots one thing I don't, okay? One thing I do know about the Patriots is is that they had openly admitted that the offensive coordinator's situation of last year was a, a damn disaster, and they moved quickly with Bill O'Brien to fix that, and we'll see how that goes. The, one thing I don't know is the the pride of Bob Kraft and of Bill Belichick, is it so great that they? This is a franchise. They're doing the kind of the same thing down in Tampa. This is a franchise that really needed to do a hard reset after Brady, and they didn't do it. Tampa needs to do a hard reset after Brady, and they didn't do it. And not doing a hard reset has left them in a difficult position where they're a mid-level team in a division with three top-level teams ahead of them. And so I'm not really sure I understand this because where I knew England, I would be moving to uh, get to uh, Caleb Williams' uh, territory and at the top of the draft next year because without that, this team is not going to be able to move forward. That franchise is not going to be able to move forward. You can't do it with Mac Jones. I just can't.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree Matt Jones is not the answer. um I think Bill Belichick is too stubborn, but Bob Kraft isn't going to let him go. I guess he maybe he's going to try to force him out by just making things rough for him, but Bill Belichick is too old school. I mean even if Bill Parcells came back now he, he couldn't coach him this week it's just too it's just too different. Bill Belichick had his time. you know build him a statue because he did do well, but sometimes you just yeah. got to move on.
3: Thank you, Frank. Do appreciate your call here. Let's go to EJ. He's on with John. One thing you know about the Falcons, one thing you don't. And or who has to be the Braves star in this lineup down the stretch? Let me give you my answer for that. I actually think the Braves star has to be Austin Riley. And the reason it has to be Austin Riley is once we put uh, the uh, Ozzie back into the number two hole, I think Ronnie's going to do his thing. ozzy will do his thing. You know, you if Austin Riley goes Austin Riley the last 34 games and hits you 10 home runs, Matt going to start seeing pitches. And so as Austin as Austin Riley goes, so goes kind of Matt Olson sometimes. And let's see Austin Riley. But that's my answer. You could have a different one because you could say, you know, it's gotta be somebody else. Uh let's go to EJ. Hey EJ, welcome to the show.
4: How you doing, John? And I'm a first time caller, long time listener. I used to listen to you guys early in the morning with you and Hugh. I'm a huge fan, man. I appreciate you everything that you do.
3: Oh, I appreciate your calling in and taking the time, EJ. What you got? All
4: right, no problem. Um I have to go. I'm sorry. I have to go back to that caller before the break, Tim. Uh, clearly, you can tell he's a bandwagon fan. Uh, just like you said, he he follows players, not teams. I don't see how you don't uh, recognize what the Falcons are doing. Um, we ran the ball when everybody knew we were going to run the ball last year. Ran for over a thousand yards. So I don't ex- I don't know how he doesn't think that we're going to be a thousand yard rushing team this upcoming year with the weapons that we have already. Especially with the outside help with Mac Hollins and also with the healthiness of Pitts. I, I just I just can't I it just it baffles me to even think about <laughs> this guy. Like Tim it's just oh my God, it's just crazy to think Tim thinks we're not gonna run the gonna he's not ball. a
3: bandw- let's be clear, he wasn't a bandwagon but he's a swamper. I mean, and, I, and, yeah. he, and he admitted it when he said, I don't, I don't follow – you know, I'm an NFL fan who doesn't follow – that's a swamper doesn't want to admit he's a swamper because he doesn't want to get blown off the air. I mean, it's okay. I don't mind if you're a swamper. Just be like I just talked to a Patriots fan. I mean, we got beef with the Patriots because of what happened, right? But I, I'm not going to – I'm going to tell him what I think about his team now. I'm not going to go back and worry about something. I'm not going to sit here and tell him, you know, uh, make stuff up. And, and I can't talk about the entirety of the Patriots organization. I didn't see him play but one game last year.
4: Yes, and especially when, like you said, if they pack the box in, let's just say they bring that safety down, we're going to be able to go over the top. And when they bring that safety mm-hmm. back to to support the pass, we're going to be able to run the ball. So I see I see us successfully being great on offense. My question is this year: is our defense going to be healthy with all the new kind of new pieces and new key pieces? I like I like what we're doing. I like what we're building. But I just hope that we can remain healthy. Uh, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to let you
5: uh I right, appreciate what you, what uh, you're you weighing
3: in for the first time, E.J., and you're always welcome, E.J., to be a part of the program here. And uh, for the moment, the team looks to be healthy. Jeff Akuda back, Drew Dolman back. Uh, it looks like the team is healthy. CP 84 ready to go. Arthur Smith says this team is ready to roll. All right, Kurt and Chris, hang on. Quick break. The breaks on this show are a little bit shorter, and we get right back into it. Uh, No dilly-dallying about. Uh, We are talking about the Falcons. One thing you know about the team, one thing you don't. And about the Braves, who needs to be the star in this lineup for the Braves to secure the best overall record in the National League. 404-726-0929 with John Frickey on a Sunday on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Well, that last uh, commercial and the fancy term in uh, Radio Lingo is stop set. Uh, in that last commercial break, you may have heard the uh, promotion for Talladega for the end of the playoffs there. Uh, if you didn't see Daytona yesterday, you can go to my Twitter, at John Fricky and see, did you see the wreck of Ryan Priest yesterday at Daytona? How he walked away from that accident is, if you don't believe in God, you watch what that, how he walked away from that, oh my, oh my heavens. Did you see that, TV star Garrett Chapman, did you see that uh, wreck of
0: Ryan Priest yesterday? I saw it on social media. Um, no, I was at a. I was How at many flips? Did we count them, 14? I think it was 10 or 11 or something like that. That's scary. I don't know. Racing, NASCAR racing is just a different breed, man. Uh, those rac, those wrecks are bruh, scary. They sure can be. Yeah, that one in particular. I mean,
3: just, I mean, it was, well, just, again, go to at John Fricky. You'll see it to go down a couple of stories and, You'll see the wreck from the Daytona 500 if you missed it yesterday. I'd rather, from the race at Daytona, the Coca-Cola race at Daytona. Uh, 404-726-0929. 2 questions on the table for you. One thing you know about the Falcons this year, one thing you don't. And who has to be the Braves' star in the lineup? Uh, we're talking about the batting order down the stretch again. Braves and Giants tonight in San Francisco. Braves going for the sweep. They send Jared Schuster. He's back. And Jared Schuster goes back in the mound tonight for the Atlanta Braves. Still seeking, as we have been all year, for the fifth starter to be locked in, and I think right now, you know, we've tried so many guys at that at number five spot. I mean, have probably tried ten guys at that number five spot, uh, and um, you know, uh, would imagine. And I don't think that's an overstatement; it's probably close to it, uh, nine or ten. Uh, and trying to find that fifth starter, and of course, biting maybe a little bit of time for Kyle Wright, who looked really good in Rome, throwing twenty six pitches, twenty three strikes, four strikeouts, but it's against a high A team. Uh, in Greensboro, I think is who they were playing. Uh, so he'll uh, get another couple of three starts here, and maybe by, I don't know, three weeks from now or so, uh, you may see uh, Kyle right back with the uh, big club. 404 726 0929. We welcome in as a guest on the program, Kurt. Kurt joins us. Hey, Kurt. Hey, can you hear me? Can you I can indeed. Me? Okay. I can indeed. First time, Kyle, gone. I'm Curtisville,
5: Georgia. The only time I've ever called in is one morning you had a flat tire on the way in or a morning show, and I was going to hit you out. They told me you already have cody call me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that was an experience. <laughs> Don't want that again. Uh.
5: <laughs> I, I only talk Braves. First of all, You're the only person I've ever seen is almost as a Braves fan as I am. Uh, I, I started watching, or started listening to Braves in 1972 with a little transistor radio. I was 10 years old. I had a single earphone in my, in my ear. Yeah. Every night when I went to the Edison Braves games. We had some terrible teams back then. When you get Daryl, starting shortstop, you're you're an awful baseball
3: guy. <laughs> yeah, um, no, and, and this lineup, I mean, you've had some Braves lineups because if you could go way back in the day, back to was, was it seventy two or seventy three, where you had the three forty home run guys in Evans and Johnson, Daryl Johnson,
5: Darryl Evans, yeah, seventy two,
3: Hank. Hey, Hank. Hank Aaron, uh, Darryl Evans, and, and, and Davey Johnson. Yeah, the, for those of you who don't, yeah, don't Davey Johnson, the manager, second baseman of the Braves, hit 40 or 41 home runs that year. And it was one was of those 43. weird baseball cards. He because He
5: was a leader. <laughs> 73?
3: Because da- you look at Davey Johnson's baseball card as a player, and it was like under home runs you'd see like 8, 12, 15, 9, 7, 42, 8, 7. <laughs> it was like, okay, that was a one-off. Uh, that's that. And, and,
5: and another thing before I take it, here's nobody to start this year. Bill Negro, if he had played his entire career with the New York Yankees or Los Angeles Dodgers, he won over 400 baseball games. I still think yep. he's, he's one of the best right-handed pitchers I've ever seen.
3: Uh, he's certainly one of the most durable players of all time. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He, he, he got a his soul. What you got, right? Kirk? He
5: on the bat, well. All
3: right. So, Kirk, uh, well, to well, the question well, of who has team. to be the brave star of the lineup, who do you think that has to be?
5: Well, the team in the last three years, I think or four years, has led the major league.
3: I think so too, Kurt. I mean, I got to be honest, I'm having a hard time hearing Kurt right now, and I apologize, Kurt. I'm having a hard time hearing your phone. Uh, You know, again, this team is uh, 40 games over 500. I mean, they're 84 and 44. And even though they haven't played, you know, great baseball here in the second half, they have won eight of their last 10, 14 of their last 18. They are 23 and 15 in the second half of the season, but they got off to that kind of sluggish start. Remember, in the first half of the season, they got off to the really quick start, and then they had that kind of lull for a couple of weeks, and that was the same kind of lull they went through coming out of the All-Star break. We don't need any more lulls here, okay, because now is not the time. You are actually in a race. Now, that's another question I could have asked for another day to all of you. How important is it to you to be the number one seed, okay? How, How critical do you think it is to the Atlanta Braves for them to be the number one seed in the National League and have home field all the way through. and you Because know, you don't know if you're going to play the Dodgers or not. I mean, you assume you do, but you don't know that. And uh, how important is it for you to be the number one seed all the way through, no matter who you might meet in the World Series? Uh, is it important enough to you to have to uh, – because that's the only race they're involved with. I mean, the National League East, the Mets are in last place now. The MESS are in last place. And I think the Braves' magic number on them is eight. So, I mean, this week, the race can eliminate the Mets. It's still August, and the Mets could be out before September. So And they're going to start lopping teams off here. So, I mean, winning the East is a foregone conclusion. The question becomes, can they be the number one seed? And so that's the race that they're involved in. It's not a chase for the wild card. It's not a chase for the division. So they don't have to worry about those things. Uh, and as a result, I mean, how, how locked in are you at what the Baltimore Orioles are doing because you haven't – you want to talk about no control. I mean, they play in another league. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see about that. 404-726-0929. One thing you know about the Falcons and one thing you don't. One thing you do know about the Atlanta Falcons and one you don't. And who has to be the Braves star in the lineup down the stretch? Garrett Chapman, if you had to pick a, a, a hitter, I said I think Austin Riley's – It's not just Austin himself. It is Austin himself, but it's his position in that lineup between Ronald Acuna and Matt Olson that makes things go. And if Austin Riley gets going, that whole lineup is going to hum. I've always looked at him in that number three hole as being maybe the key hitter in the entire lineup in terms of setting it up, cleaning up, you know, because Ronald's doing such a great job of getting on base and Ozzy behind him. Ozzy still, even with all the time missed, still has 90 RBI, and he's going to be on base. Obviously, he's going to get 100. Uh, And then ahead of Matt Olson. But that's just my take. You can make a case all the way through the lineup as to who the most important person is. Who do you view as the most important person in that lineup?
0: I mean, you said it. I mean, you can make an argument for damn near anybody on that team. Um, I'm going to say Michael Harris because with Ozzy coming back, I I have to think that Ozzy's going to come back in and and slot into that two spot. ozzy has been an important player in this lineup, and when Ozzy's playing well – in that second spot, this team is really good. But when Michael Harris is in the back end of the lineup and he's hitting well, this team is the best in baseball. So when you're able to do it front to back, I think this team is as elite as it comes. Um, I'm really excited to see what they can do now that he's going back into the back line, back end of this lineup with Ozzy coming back. So um, I'll have to say, I'll have to say Harris.
3: By the way, we we talk about the the, the trade deadline, right? And, and rightfully so. And we're kind of seeing this. The Braves obviously believed that now with the return of the pitchers that they saw coming back, A.J. Minter, hopefully Jesse Chavez, certainly maybe now Kyle Wright, Max Freed returning and now he's running into Max Freed form. How good was he yesterday? That they didn't really have to go out and make a move so much. And the moves that they did make, people were like, huh? Well, again, do you want to give Alex Anthopoulos credit for being able to pick and choose and find that right guy? How good's Lopez been? I mean – to come in and fill in for Ozzy, he's not Ozzy, but he's done a really good job. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's done a really good job. He's not a starter, but man, that dude—he earned. If, if the if Braves win a ring, he earned it. I mean, I mean, it's, it's really kind of amazing to watch uh, the the touch of an Alex Anthopoulos. So let's go to Drew. He joins John on Sports Radio ninety time the game. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Thanks
6: for having me on. So. Of course. As far as as far as uh, one thing I know about the the Falcons is, I know that Helms has got a spot. That dude showed out in a preseason, and that last preseason game, I understand it was one versus two, threes, fours, fives, whatever, but that was tough to watch. And he was for me was one of the few shining bright spots of that. I know he was a seventh round pick, and it just goes to show that I think Vaughn knows, knows how to pick him. I've got all my faith in the world in that guy. Um, hopefully you know we have a good season so he can stick around but he's got to have a good season right Um, one thing I don't know is what the office is going to do I think they have all the weapons in the world I just don't know how well they'll mesh together with limited playing time together so we'll see I just don't know because I haven't seen it
3: yeah neither have I and that that was goes to the very first thing I I talked about at the beginning of the show today Drew and you know, 17 plays, you know, 10 minute drive. There was some good in it. There was some bad in it. Um, you know, the pre snap penalties, I think a couple of the penalties were bogus. One was really a bad, bad, bogus penalty on Chris Lindstrom. There was no hold there. Uh, also, a bad call on the uh, interception that it was, you know, pass interference that they didn't call. Uh, so, I mean, you can look at it all these ways. It's preseason for the rest, too, I guess. Um, but, you know, again, I'll, go, I'll refer back to Arthur Smith. He has said, he said this week, we are getting healthy. We're going to be healthy for the opener against uh, the Carolina Panthers. And if he had gotten somebody injured in that game, Drew, and out for the year or something like that, we'd be screaming a different tune. Why did you play them in a pointless preseason game? So, you know, you kind of weigh the two about bubble wrap and about getting them up to speed. I would have been inclined to see them a little bit and taking my chances because you got to get all these guys, all these new pieces on the same page here. Uh, But again, I also want to go back to the fact that they did have two practices with the uh, Miami Dolphins that were essentially two scrimmages with the Miami Dolphins where, by all accounts, the first-team offense dominated the Dolphin defense, the Falcons' first team offense, dominated the Falcon defense and and kind of beat them up a little bit. So they, if you treat that as a full preseason game, then maybe Arthur Smith is right. Well, I guess we have to put our faith through in the fact that Arthur Smith is correct when he says that we are going to be fine and we're ready to roll. All I can say is we better see it because we know what they're facing at the beginning of the year in those first six games and in those four home games against Bryce Young, against Jordan Love, against C.J. Stroud, and against Sam Howell. Three and one is almost unacceptable.
6: Well, here's the thing. is um, against, Especially in that first game, I'm not really sure what to expect. I know that I should expect a W. But something you got to consider, too, is that, you know, I, I, I think the consensus is that the bottom of the division is either going to be Tampa or Carolina. And I think most people are going to Tampa because Carolina's got Bryce Young. But they've got a bunch of players on their team as well. Carolina does that are trying to earn themselves a new contract. DJ Chark, for example, he's kind of bounced around a bit. He's a good player, but he hasn't stuck anywhere, you know? And I'm not really sure what to expect. I expect they're going to come out and because, you know, it's a rivalry game. It's a division game. It's the first game of the season. Everybody's going to come out with their hair on fire. And I don't know what to expect from Bryce Young. I know what I saw in college, but he's a rookie QB starting his first game. But I kind of think about... Desmond Ritter in the same light. I mean, they're both, you know, all-world college football quarterbacks, but neither of them have very much experience in the NFL. And so I'm not really sure how that's going to go. I mean, in my opinion, it could go one of two ways. It could be uh, a barn burner or it could be a low-scoring defensive struggle. Carolina's got a pretty good linebacking core. Um, From what I can tell, our D-line is going to be great. We, we made some great pickups. You know, we've got Ani Mata, We've got Caden Ellis on linebacking core. We've got Clays Campbell. We've got Grady Jarrett, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, it, if they traded away McCaffrey in the off season, I don't even know who their running back is now. Um, but if it's still that, that running back out of Texas, then who is, is – is it Foreman? Is that the running back this year, or the running back one?
3: I haven't seen their depth chart. I haven't seen them. I, I saw a highlight or two of, I could look it up uh, of Carolina's uh, preseason game where Bryce Young was running for his life. Um, so I, yeah, I know. I, I think when you look at the Falcons' defensive line, Drew, I think that uh, it, you know, there are a lot of unknowns. Again, that's the other part of this, and I appreciate the call, Drew. 404-726-0929, Got to get to a break. The other part of this is, you know, if they're comfortable, if if Ryan Nielsen's comfortable that all those new pieces on defense have had enough time together to uh, be in sync. Uh, Then all right, uh, just now you got to prove it to me. It's two weeks from today. You got two more weeks of practice to get any kinks worked out, and then I expect that at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in that opening game, it doesn't have to be. Look, they're going to be flaws. I'm not asking for them to come out and be flawless and win fifty-two to nothing. I'm asking them to come out and execute, uh, be on time in terms of uh, you know the timing of the of the plays, uh, to be on the same page, all those things. Because if it's off, and the reason we say this. It's not that we don't have faith in Arthur Smith; it's because of what happened with Coach Bro. All of us got burned so bad with the inability of this team to be ready for the start of the regular season toward the end of Coach Bro in multiple years that we, you know, we're a little hesitant. And you can't blame us for that. John Frickey on Sports Radio 90. Time the game. You are the guest at 404-726-0929. We're talking Falcons and Braves, and at the top of the hour, we're going to open up the floor and do a little uh, game I call or a question and answer game called "The Floor Is Yours." It's all ahead on Sports Radio ninety two Time, the game in the Odyssey app. Hot Sunday afternoon, rainy Sunday afternoon down at uh, East Lake where they suspended play for the time being, but they'll they'll be getting it back underway. You know, I want to tell them that, oh, the rain comes, it cools it off. Yeah, until the sun comes back out and turns it into a sauna. Welcome to Atlanta, right? 404-726-0929. Four zero four We'll play a little floor is yours at the top of the hour. I'll walk you through it. It's a, a fun little hour where we where we have a little bit of discussion. You get answer a question. Then you can talk about whatever it is you want. So far we've been talking, though, about uh, the Atlanta Falcons. One thing you like, one thing you don't. Or rather, pardon me, one thing you know and one thing you don't know about this team and the Atlanta Braves as to who needs to be the most important hitter, the star in that lineup for them to secure the uh, best overall record in baseball. Let's go to... Uh, Derek, he joins John on this Sunday. Hey, Derek, welcome to the show.
7: Hey, John, love the show. Um, So mine is real quick. One thing that I know about the Atlanta Falcons, they're going to run the ball and they're going to use a lot of clock like we saw, you know, last year in the preseason, you know, with that long draw. One thing that I don't know and that is a concern to me that I'll be watching all season is if we're down two scores going into the fourth quarter, is this offense explosive enough to get us over the hump to win the game? Because they can get us into the one score to where we've been losing those one-score close games. You know, we've got that record or whatnot. But I don't know if this offense, as it's built, is explosive enough to come back, you know, when you're down, you know, two touchdowns to, to, to make it a game to get us over the hump so that's what i'll
3: be watching for you know i think all that's fair um i have a whole i have a whole list of things here uh derek that uh, that i wrote down earlier and things that i you know what i know about the team is uh, dwarfed by what i don't know about the the, the team uh, and you right. mentioned the ability to come from behind i mean red zone we don't know about uh, pass rush we don't know about um You know, turnover margin. Are they going to be able to flip that around and become a team that is, you know, on the plus side of things? Maybe even makes it uncomfortable for the other teams. What about field position? We've had a struggle with field position over the last couple of years too. Yeah, Uh, it's one of those things that gets that gets lost sometimes, but. I can't, you know, I can't tell you how many times the Falcons would be behind the eight ball in field position because, you know, they get the ball and they couldn't do much of anything with it. They punted away, and by the time they got it back, they were inside their 12 and starting to, you know, having to go the length of the field here. You know, and can they get off to a quick start this season? Because that's going to be, again, those first six games, Derek, you've got to be four and two. Going to week seven on the road in Tampa, you've got to be four and two. When you're playing the the – those four home games, winnable, all of them. And, you know, a road game and a neutral site game. Now, granted, Jacksonville's home away from home, but still a neutral right. site game to some degree in, in London. Uh, you've got to be 4-2. and two. Anything less than 4-2, and two, and this team is going to be playing from behind all season.
7: Yes, and to your point, I actually have a stat for you. I looked it up because it was really bothering me. The Falcons haven't won a Week 1 game since 2017. And the Falcons, over the first four games uh, from since 2007, have only won eight games in the first four games since 2017.
3: Yeah, they have not gotten off to quick starts. I mean, the irony yeah. is that Dan Quinn's first first year in 2015, they started the season five and zero, and ended up eight and eight. And of course, the next year they went to the right. Super Bowl. Uh, And 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 it's how you finish because people forget. Some fans forget, Derek, that. You know, this team, the, the Super Bowl team was 7-5, and five, and they had lost a bad home game to the Chargers. And they were 7-5, and five, and there were a lot of us going, oh, what's going to happen? And then they caught fire and ripped yeah. off six wins in a row where suddenly nobody could touch them uh, going into the big game. Uh, so, I yeah. mean, it's how you finish, not how you start. But, again, you're, you're back into your schedule here. This easiest schedule in the NFL is four road games in the last six, and your last two games of the year – I I want to stress to you, are against the Bears, who are going to be vastly improved, right, in Chicago, in uh, Soldier Field on New Year's Eve day, where it could be five degrees, who knows, and snow and blowing snow, and then your last game is on the road at the Swampers. So those last two games could be for a playoff spot or division title, and those are going to be two really hard games.
7: Yep, I agree. I agree, absolutely. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Derek. do appreciate it. As we look at it, yeah, that's going to be part of it. Hey, uh, coming up next Saturday from 8 to uh, noon, the first edition of uh, College Football Game Time for the year. We've got a new team that we put together for College Football Game Time. It's going to be myself along with uh, Abe Gordon and the man that is answering your calls. Garrett Chapman is going to be running the floor here for College Football Game Time uh, beginning at 8 a.m. next Saturday in the uh, first big weekend of the season. And, Garrett, we're looking forward to uh, College Football Game Time. should be a lot of fun here. Uh, as we get week zero behind us and I look forward to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll have games that have already finished to talk about, including that big Florida-Utah game, Georgia State's game against Rhode Island on Thursday, Georgia Tech's game against Louisville on Friday. And you're also covering Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, to make a bowl, I think that game against Louisville becomes a critical opening game for them. Louisville is going to be favored in the game, but George, we don't know really what to expect out of Georgia Tech this year with the new quarterback in Haynes King, with having a guy like Dominic Blaylock now on the team uh, transforming in for Georgia. You know, I think the Brent Key, the way they finished the year last year, beating North Carolina and beating Duke and beating Pitt, uh, coming down the stretch, you know, and beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, no less. Uh, and so I, I think that this team is capable of going 500, but it strikes me that that opening game against Louisville is going to be really important, you know, in the end run as to what they do.
0: Yeah, I'd say we are going to learn a lot about Georgia Tech uh, on Friday. I mean, this is a, a huge game for them, not just because it's kicking off the, the Brent Key era, where he's officially the head coach. I know he had those wins last year that you mentioned, but it's going to be a big big week for for him in particular and this team because we're going to learn a lot about what Haynes King actually is. Uh, I know he was he came when he went to Texas A and M. He was this really hyped up recruit, four star guy all the town in the world, very mobile, very tough. And he's still all of those things, but he struggled a little bit. And I, and I don't know if that's his fault or if it's Jimbo Fisher's fault uh, for what happened there. But either way, and he's going to be the starter for Georgia Tech this year, and I think he was the guy for the job. Zach Pyron was a, another fantastic candidate, but I think whenever they go and get some guy like that out of the transfer portal, a, a guy who this offensive staff, which is largely brand new, uh, they recruited him when he was in high school, so they know what they're trying to get out of him, and and I I, I not I don't want to say he had a leg up in this competition, but I think he really was the man for the job. But even if he doesn't work out, I think Zach Pyron's a, a splendid second option. Um, but you mentioned specifically Dominic Blaylock. I'm really I'm I'm excited to see what Don Blaylock does. Uh, the Georgia transfer is going to be pretty strong. They needed some depth, and they went out to the transfer portal to go get that, not only at the quarterback position with Haynes King, but Chase Lane, Christian Leary. Uh, Abdul Jane is another guy, a big-bodied wide receiver on the outside. So they, they needed depth on the outside at wide receiver, and I think they went out and got it. Um, the running back room is going to be strong. I mean, look, I think this is a team that can win seven games because, the they of course, they're going to have to play the Georgias and the Clemsons and, and Miami, but look, They've shown that they're capable of of surprising some folks. And as long as they take care of business against the, their lesser competition on the schedule, and then they jump on somebody like a Louisville. Yeah, you can't lose then any of those. Be right.
3: You can't lose that Western Carolina kind of thing. Exactly. You, know, you can't do that. You're, yeah, you, you know? can't fool around right, and mess with that. that, that. But right.
0: if you can jump up and snag a game against Louisville, if you can jump up and snag a game against, I don't know, I'd. Look, if you if they, they Miss, if they go to Ole Miss, if they go to all Miss, like can you jump right, up and scare right. them and, and and maybe take a game in Oxford? That'd be a pretty huge win for them, and I don't expect them to get that one. But look, if they can do it, then this team is it goes from six wins to eight wins, maybe. And the, all about the expectations and Brink Key is establishing and building a culture. So going and getting wins like that, or at least competing in those games. That's important for him because it's more than just this season. It's building into next year and the, the years in the, in the future.
3: Yeah, well, that, that becomes a question, is, is Brent Key the guy? I was very much in favor of him getting the job. I'm glad they gave him the job uh, because you see sometimes coaching changes are needed. I mean, when they are needed, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes obviously doesn't. Uh, in the case of like Mike Norvell at Florida State seems to have worked. Uh, Josh Heupel at Tennessee seems to have worked. Uh, Dan Lanning at Oregon. Uh, Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, is Brent Key the guy at Georgia Tech? We'll find out this year, I guess. Luke Fickle, I, I imagine Luke Fickle's going to do well at Wisconsin. Is Mario Cristobal the guy that finally gets it going at Miami? How about uh, Matt Rule at Nebraska or Hugh Freeze down at Auburn? And, and then, of course, all the coaches that are under fire, you know, from Jimbo. You mentioned I, if Jimbo's buyout wasn't $80 million, he would have been fired, I think, after last year. I, you know, reason he has a job. Now he's got, now he's got the quitter as his offensive coordinator. Now, I know the quitter can coach, but, man, I'm never going to get past the fact that, you know, you stick sticky notes on Falcons lockers and walk out the door and then go have a motorcycle with your hooker girlfriend or whatever she was, uh, you know, and, I mean, my God. Um, and then Neil Brown at West Virginia, he's got to play Penn State in the opening game. Time Allen at Indiana, Dino Babers at Syracuse. There are certain guys that are under fire. Like Billy Napier at Florida, I guess. Uh, I guess. Uh, year two, give him a little bit of time. Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Michigan State's a weird program. You know, it's like every other year they're really good. <laughs> ever notice that with Michigan State? It's like, hey, they're really good. And they good hey, they're really good. And they're not so good. Hey, they're, they're, they are. You want to talk about weird. That program in East Lansing, they're good, they're bad. They're good, they're bad. Go look at their record by year. It's like, oh, 10 wins, five wins. 10 wins, five wins. 10, and it's like, okay, yo-yo. Which team is he going to get this year? So it is going to be a fascinating uh, college football season again Thursday here in town at Center Park Stadium, Georgia State hosts Rhode Island. The Rams are a pretty good team. They're a ranked FCS team, so that'll be a little bit of an interesting opener for uh, for Sean Elliott and the Georgia State uh, Panthers. And then Friday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday around the region, Friday night you'll have uh, George Tech at home against Louisville at Mercedes-Benz Stadium for that Louisville-Georgia Tech game. And then... You'll have the game in Athens on Saturday. The debut of Carson Beck as the starting quarterback as the uh, George Bulldogs take on the University of Tennessee Martin Lawrence. Uh, UT Martin is, their nickname is the um, Skyhawks. And Martin, Tennessee, if you want to know where it is, is like up where like Illinois and Missouri beat Tennessee, up in that kind of northwest corner of the state. That's where Martin, Tennessee is. UT Martin. All right, uh, quick break. When we get back, we're going to play at four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. A little thing what I call the floor is yours. You can answer the Falcons question we have. You can answer the race question we put on the table, or you can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. All you have to do first is talk to me and Garrett about a really super simple question, usually involving food. It's a super simple question that we all kind of Knock around a little bit, and then I offer the floor to you to talk about whatever you've been wanting to talk about. The only there's only one caveat here: the only one thing you can't talk about can't talk about other shows. You want to talk about other shows? Call their show, okay. Other hosts, you call their you call the host, you call the show, you talk to them. Anything else you want to talk? You want to talk about movies? You want to talk about sports? You want to get into the Hawks? You want to get into? Soccer in Atlanta United, I mean, it's all game. The floor is yours at 404-726-0929 on Sports Radio 92 on the game.